0: welcome to bon jovi discussions today i have my buddy jordan from uh buffalo which is only like two hours from me but uh how you doing buddy doing all right how about yourself good we're we're up bright and early and uh Mm -hmm. getting getting this done so but anyway um we'll start off with how you became a a bon jovi fan
1: ah geez okay so tough um, question i know oh yeah well, when, when I was younger, um, I didn't really listen to a lot of um, my own music. It was really what my dad listened to and what he encouraged me to listen to. And I guess whatever was on the radio. And um, one day, my brother and I were going to our martial arts practice and um, riding in the backseat and uh, Wanted Dead or Alive came on. And I'm like, hmm, that's a good song. I like that song. It stood out among all of the other ones that I heard on the radio. And I was like, I'm going to make note of that. That that Bon Jovi guy is pretty good. <laughs> Two weeks later, uh, Living on a Prayer came on the radio. And I looked and I was like, no way, that's Bon Jovi too. I got to check this guy out. So then after I got back from my martial arts um, rehearsal or practice or whatever, um, I got on YouTube immediately and I was like, okay, who is Bon Jovi? And I found Dead or Alive, Living on a Prayer, You Give Love a Bad Name, run away, and It's My Life. And I was like, all right, that's it. I'm, I'm sold. These guys are at, this is, this is, you know, pinnacle music. It doesn't get better than this.
0: And how old were you when
1: this happened oh god i was probably eight maybe
0: eight okay so this what were what year would this have been then oh obviously post 2000 because of it's my life
1: yeah definitely so uh it was probably around 2006 2007 because i remember okay. the first album that i was like a true fan for that got released was the circle i but i started becoming a fan right around the lost highway era i just didn't know how to be involved in music getting released at that time.
0: Yeah, because that because right two thousand six two thousand seven that was right in between the Have a Nice Day tour and the start of Lost Highway era. Yeah, so that was a, that was a you know Lost Highway was a really fun. Um, that started a lot of fans too. I know a lot of people that are young and Lost Highway was kind of what started them as a as a fan too, which is yeah. ironic because it was a country ish album. Mm-hmm. But um, what's your favorite Bon Jovi song of all the time? Uh,
1: um, I mean, I feel like the cliche answer is to say Dry County just because it's... That's not cliche. That's not cliche. <laughs> that's
0: fair. Now, now, cliche is like living on our prayer or bad name or, you know... Okay,
1: that's fair. A hit. You, I, you're yeah, a you, giant you hard, okay? You can't go wrong with Dry County. No. It, it's always a toss-up. It really depends on how I feel. If I want to, you know, get hyped and listen to that, like, crazy Sambora guitar solo... Definitely Dry County, but if I want to get in my feels, I think I would have to go with "It's Hard." Letting you go. Ooh, okay, that would, that's a good one. I um, I love that song.
0: Yeah, you know, Dry County is a real favorite in the die-hard fandom. You know, I I think because we really appreciate that it's a you know almost a ten-minute song, and that it really encaps encapsulates the band and what, what? how well they blend together and you know it improves that live when they do it live whether it was with richie or phil you know that whole band they just come together and it just shows how well they work together
1: um no, you're, you're not and, wrong. They,
0: and probably one of richie's best guitar work he's ever done
1: that, that that's so this is the song that whenever i'm talking to any of my friends who like rock music or anything but don't really listen to a lot of bon jovi i say check out Dry County, because one, it's like, it's like their equivalent to like Stairway to Heaven in November Rain. It's like their epic power ballad that's yeah. like not t- nine, 10 minutes long. I always suggest it because it's John's vocals at their best. All of the band, like you were saying, is on point. And then whenever I'm trying to push Sambora on people and saying this is why he's one of the best guitarists of all time, that solo is a perfect blend of both melodic, emotional playing and shredding, like, you know, the Eddie Van Halen tiles. Mm-hmm. Type stuff, and it's it's it it represents it perfectly.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you you watch Richie play that live, you know, especially when he does his solos and stuff, mm-hmm. and he makes it look easy. Do you know? How, yeah, not kidding. You know how many notes he's hitting? I mean, he's just on. You know, he makes it look easy. Yeah, it, it's a, it's incredible. That's a tough one to play. It's but, crazy. Yeah. More power to him. Yeah, absolutely. So we are going to talk about the Circle album. Today, yes, sir. That's, that's what you wanted to talk about. So we will talk about the Circle album. So a little bit of overview is, um, you know, obviously, you know, people that watch every single episode, you know, they know that we did. I did the albums track by track. We're not going to do that. what oh, We're okay. going to just kind of talk about the album in general. Talk about some of oh. our favorite songs and memories and, and stuff like that. Um, so the Circle was released uh, November two thousand nine, November tenth in the states. Um, I remember getting this album. um, You know, before we talk about that, just so an overview. I remember when this album was announced. I think it was early 2009. I think I think we found out as fans um, that they were making a new album, probably April May 2009. Okay. John 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 was doing a um, like a small three four concert with the. at the at the time it was John Bon Jovi and Friends not Kings of Suburbia. Okay. And uh, he announced that the band was working on a new rock album. And a <laughs> reminder, you know, in 2007 we got Lost Highway. Yeah. Which was a country-ish album. For sure. And so John was very clear that the next album had no country. It was back to the original Bon Jovi sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Richie was ta- Richie did quite a few interviews that summer and he talked about that it was back to the core of Bon Jovi, back to the heavy Bon Jovi choruses, the big rock sound between him and Shanks and obviously Shanks was the producer and he also played some guitar on the album and uh, I remember the first song that we heard and it wasn't We Weren't Born to Follow because I remember, so this was MySpace days and backstage, okay. and backstage with John Bon Jovi and I don't yeah. know if you remember because you were still quite into the, getting into the as a fan. Yeah. But um, the summer of 2009, um, John with the Jump on Jumping Friends group, he actually played a slower version of Work for the Working Man. And that hit YouTube summer of 2000. Like, I think it was like July. And so we all thought that was going to be the first single. Mm-hmm. And it was actually, it's not on YouTube anymore, I don't think. And I, I know I have it somewhere in my archives. Okay. But it's like, it was really good. And it mm. wasn't the band, so I don't know how the band would have made it sound, but with mm. John Bunch and Friends, it sounded really good. And uh, so we were waiting for this to come out as a single. And uh, side note, the lyrics for Work For The Working Man, I, some, some chief in the White House, he had that framed in his office. That's Yes, I, I do remember reading about that, yeah. And um, so, but then come August, so mid-August, they released We Weren't Born to Follow as the the single. And so yeah. I was like, I don't know, because I remember the, me and other fans, you know, on MySpace and backstage of John Bon Jovi Fan Club, we were all, like, flipping out about work for, like how good it sounded. We were so happy with it. And we like, yeah, please put this out. Mm-hmm. And so we got We Weren't Born to Follow. And what was so great about We Weren't Born to Follow was that it's, it's different than the album, a little different than the album version. First, you you don't have that... You get it in the music video, but you don't get it on the album version, but you get it on the single that that beginning that yeah. then the drums come in. On the album, it's just the boom boom, then the song starts. Yeah. And then fun fact, Richie didn't get the guitar solo done in time for the single release. So that's why there's no guitar on um I'm trying to remember if on the single John says guitar. I think he does, but then there's no guitar. And I remember yeah. there was an uproar for that, when um, that came out. And then, but sure enough, you know, November comes and I, I think the video was out before the album. And so, but there was a guitar solo on the album. Yeah. And, uh, but yes, yeah, so that, that's kind of the, the quick overview. So um, where were you when you first got the album and, and heard the album? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, So the first time that I, because again, at this point, I was really just still getting into all of the older Bon Jovi stuff. I don't even think I knew Lost Highway was a thing.
0: So you Um, were still
1: still getting into their stuff. Okay. Yes. I was still, you know, I had like, I was probably still just learning about bad medicine and shit like that. And um, just expressing to all my friends like, oh my God, this band is, you know, amazing. And I, you know as a young kid it kind of like became my personality i was the kid who liked bon jovi if you ask any of my teachers or friends from high school or any anyone back then they would say like oh yeah the kid that liked bon jovi i swear anytime bon jovi comes up in any sort of media i get like a thousand messages on my phone being like did you see this i'm like yes i saw this i saw it before you did i get it (laughs) i i know (laughs) but um i was hanging out with a friend of mine and we were uh, watching TV, we were scrolling through those like, on-demand channels and we came across the music on demand. And I saw um, one of the featured ones was uh, Bon Jovi song. And I was like, I know that guy. I know that band. Play that. And I didn't know the song. Um, it was Superman Tonight. And I remember um, sitting there and I was like, this is amazing. This. What is this from? So I had to immediately look it up and then I saw that. I think this was probably after the album came out when they released the music video for Superman Tonight um yeah yeah because that was the second single that yeah, yeah that's what i thought and yeah, I, I just it came out in january of 2010 okay wow. so then that's i probably didn't get the album till after that then because i didn't know about it but um yeah i fell in love with it i got home i told my parents i was like dad mom i this song is it's so good and <laughs> my dad you know he was a rockhead in the 80s and 90s he actually saw um bon jovi live with skid row in 89 or 88 for um The Bad Medicine, or the New Jersey tour. Um, And I'm super envious of that because he was front row. He got one of Tico's drumsticks and he ended up stealing it. It's whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Entirely different sidebar from the uh, Circle album. I like to thank Bon Jovi for my existence in the sense that the person that my dad was with before my mom, they were together for such a long time. And the reason they got together was because in the 80s, My dad looked identical to John Bon Jovi in both facial cover and (laughs) hair, so all of the girls loved him. And he knew how to play "Runaway" on the piano. So the girl that he was dating at the time was like, "Can you teach me?" And then he taught her, and then they got together. And they were together for such a long time. And then they broke up. And then he got together with my mom. Okay. So was like if, if if Bon Jovi had never played "Runaway," if my dad didn't look like this famous John Bon Jovi. Him and that girlfriend never would have gotten together. He could have been in an entirely different place when he met my mom, and I never would have come around. So, in a backwards way, John Bon Jovi is the reason I'm alive.
0: So, key question though, just just in yeah. case the single woman watching this right now, or even real, you know, does your dad still look like John Bon Jovi? No,
1: <laughs> my dad d- did not have the genes that John had. Uh, he does not have nearly as much hair. Uh, <laughs> so, that's um, okay. Yeah, if, if he didn't smoke, maybe he would have kept those looks up, maybe kept his yeah. voice a little bit, but that's an yeah. entirely different story. I, I could pull up some pictures. I'll send them to you after this if I can find them. Right. I, it, it looks like in 1988, 1999, he looked like, like the 1984 version of Bon Jovi, a little bit younger, but okay. still just okay. like him. So. Now
0: you just to send me a photo. Yeah, you, you bring up Superman tonight, and I'll say it's – something else I want to talk about with this album is I love the way that they did Superman Tonight and We Weren't Born to Follow acoustic.
1: Oh my god they're so good.
0: Yeah you know they did Superman Tonight live acoustic and I loved it mm-hmm. and uh, We Weren't Born to Follow I think it, it was only done maybe twice mm-hmm. uh they did it inside this actor studio and I think John did it with um JBJ and Friends um but I loved I loved them both acoustic and you and now that we're kind of talking about, uh, we were talking about work for the working man too. I remember getting the album and I'm going to talk about me getting the album here in a second, because it's very special meaning to me. For sure. but I remember hearing what work for the working man was in the summer of 2009 mm-hmm. and what was on the actual album to, it, uh, it was pretty much almost completely different because it was more, and, and I get it because it was just JBJ and friends when they put it out. Mm-hmm. But when, it was the band. It was definitely a lot. I, I prefer the JBJ and Friends version over oh, album wow. version. The album version is good. Have you heard the JBJ and Friends version? I don't think I have, no. I don't think it's on YouTube anymore. I have it somewhere here. Let me find it, and I'll, I'll send it over to you. Man, it's, it's good. good. Actually, I haven't heard it in a long time. So <laughs> it would be of, awesome if you could. And it's actually almost the same bass line as Living Arm Prayer. Mm-hmm and work for the working man so and but i i kind of liked work for the working man a lot more back then than i do now Mm -hmm. Yeah. just like i i was surprised to see it it was still being played live on the last tour this house tour
1: yeah
0: but um i want to tell my story though about um well i want to finish your story before we go into my story so so you kind of got into the circle in january 2010 a couple months after the release so When did you get? Did you just go out and buy the album? Did you download
1: it? Uh, No, actually, that was a surprise from my dad. So I was um, an athlete in middle school and high school and stuff. And he was picking me up from a practice for something. And I got into the car and um, Superman Tonight was just playing. And I was like, Is this just on the radio? And he said, No. He just handed the CD back to me. And I'm like, Oh, man. I was freaking out because this is the first Bon Jovi record I ever had. Yeah. So I was just freaking out. And of course, you know, I. Would not stop playing it for months. Fell in love with every song on there. So,
0: yeah. And do you know what the meaning of the circle? The circle means for that album. I did at one point. It's been. It's been a minute. Well, I'm gonna refresh your memory. Beautiful. So the the circle. So it meant two things when John would say this in interviews. One, it meant that life and and everything non-stop it always goes a circle what comes around goes wrong type thing mm-hmm. and then secondly it also meant that um the band as an organization it was hard to get into the circle and once you're in the in the circle it's harder to get out okay so that's what the circle meant for that um and um but i'll tell my story about the album sure. um so, obviously, I, I was a fan at this time. I became a fan in, in 2000, so I was a fan for nine years already. Okay. And uh, in August of 2009, my dad died right after We Weren't Born to Follow, Singles came out. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, so that was, I, I was 17. How old were you when you got the album? Uh, probably 10, 10, 11. 10, okay. So I was 17 and I just lost my dad. And, uh, and so move I had to move and it was like a whole new life for me And it was really difficult starting a new school I was going into 10th grade or 11th grade and I just lost my girlfriend new school and the one thing I had to look forward to was the circle album okay and that album really helped me transition to the new life that I had and losing my dad and trying to just move forward so, so when I listen to the Circle album, it takes me, you know, you, you listen to a certain album and it, it takes you back to a certain time of your life. And mm-hmm. a lot of those songs really helped me, you know, through that, you know, um, songs like Live Before You Die, uh, Love's the Only Rule, Learn to Love. Those songs kind of really helped me through, through that. Um, what's your favorite song on the album?
1: Uh, I would probably have to say When We Were Beautiful.
0: When we were beautiful, I tell you, you know, every album there's always a song that John kind of clings on to, and he always plays it. And mm-hmm. When we were beautiful, the, I got I got tired of When we were beautiful. <laughs> I I liked it. I, I, I love. It. I I I truly do love that song. Mm-hmm. But it got so overplayed during the like when they were doing TV performances or mm-hmm. live or this that. And of course, the documentary was out at the same time too. Yeah, in the book and the documentary, when we were beautiful, uh, I just, I got tired of it. But then, you know, after after that whole tour was over, I got back into it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's like um like a knockout for during this house well, there. I got yeah. so tired of knockout. But then now that the tour, I love knock. You know, you find that new love for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. But um, yeah, when we were beautiful is good. Um, There's something else I was going to say to that, and I can't remember. Um, but you know, it 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 was very guitar driven this album. You know, songs like uh, Bullet, I really liked Bullet. You know, it kind of reminds me of a notch down from Hook Me Up from the Bounce album. Yeah, if yeah, you think, I hear it. If you listen to the guitar, you know, it it's kind of like a notch down from that. Um, but you know, obviously, a lot of these songs are about the the current problems that were going on. Even that I'm um, still applies to, to today's problems. But oh, yeah. you know, songs like "We weren't born to follow" and "Work for the work you know, work for the work Man was about the I think it was a DHL company in Ohio mm-hmm. about shutting down and the employment and all that. You know, "We weren't born to follow" was talking you know, talking about the economical problems going on, and you know. You becoming a change on your own, not following someone's path, you becoming a leader. Yeah. um Superman tonight was um, you know about the world's heroes and 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 stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, bullet was obviously you know very heavy politically, you know um, Live before you die thrown on my side. that was kind of more of like life um, you know, just general life, I think a broken, mm-hmm. promise land. broken promise broken promise' Right now if I had to pick a favorite from that album is It's Broken Promised Land.
1: That's stu- stu- that was my favorite for a really long time too. Yeah.
0: And it's a, it's a shame it really didn't get played live and you know that that one's a fan favorite
1: mm-hmm. in, the, in
0: the diehard fandom. Um you know like I re- I really love the part when um he screams come on now, come on now, come on now. Mm-hmm. And it goes into that guitar solo. Um but then there's love's the only rule. Now it was really fun. Did you see any shows on that tour? No, I didn't have a chance to. First oh, time
1: I was live was 2013.
0: Okay, so love's the only rule was so fun live. Mm-hmm. Because you know during the the bridge after the guitar solo and stuff, he'd go through the pit. And I'm not sure if you've seen videos of this or how far into oh yeah. And so John comes through the crowd, as you know. And you know he hands like and it, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he gets onto the the pit stage and then he starts kind of singing. The music gets a little heavier, and then it goes right back into the crowd. And he just flies, and man, there's just that energy from that you know that song and that performance is is amazing. And oh,
1: uh, what's that? I was just saying for sure. I mean, it clearly it carried you know enough and impacted the fans and impacted John enough to the point where he wanted to bring it back for the tour this past April.
0: Yeah, it it's a shame that it was so short. Like I think it only happened the first two shows and then mm-hmm. thirteen shows didn't happen. But I I love loves the only role. Um, Fast cars was the next track and that was really good. Sadly, that was not many people like that song. I do. I I find uh, you know. Um, so many hearts just wind up in the junkyard with nothing where they're nothing but memories and spare parts. I love that. I think that's like my favorite line out of the whole album, okay, but you know, fast cars it doesn't get the the justice that it deserves. you know it was a really
1: you know i I think that's fair. I think when I think about it, um the album all in all i think it's a full story i think you know when i'm listening when i want to have the time to listen to a full album i'll listen to it all the way through no skips whatsoever but if i'm just listening to you know like to kind of just bouncing around from song to song i would say fast cars and happy now are the ones that i don't come back to the most mm-hmm. all of the other ones i'll jump on pretty regularly not to say they're bad songs i think when it it comes to you know listenability outside of the album as an album i think the other ones stand out a little bit more
0: yeah, Happy Now was fun. I Happy Now was a fun opener, and I was never expecting. I think the first one that they opened up with it was in Philly, 2010, and the way that they opened up with it was awesome. Okay. Yeah, because he, they had the curtain. Have you seen that video? No, I don't think so. Oh man, do yourself a favor. It's, it's so it'll take your appreciation of that song to a new level. Okay. So the curtain's down. And obviously they do they do the the band intro, which we'll we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but the circle intro, and then it stops, and then you hear Richie on the talk box and you know the guitar, and then all of a sudden you hear the Tico drumming, and then the you know David starting to play his keys, and the curtain rises, and there's John. Man, just the way that they played it, the way that the curtain rise, man. It's it's amazing. I love it. It, it. That made me love the song even more. It's funny because I say it all the time. You listen to a song on an album when it first comes out, and you, you like it, you like it. Yeah, I'll use Happy now as a perfect example. When I yeah. first heard Happy Night, I was like, okay, this song is okay. Like you, you know, I didn't go back to it often. Mm-hmm. Seeing it live, whole new life. I love it now. Oh. Same, same thing with Knockout from This House. When I first heard Knockout, I was like, yeah, this is nothing special. Song mm-hmm. live. Changed, changed things for me. All right. so,
1: I, I think that's probably how I feel with Love's the Only Rule. Didn't see it live, but I've watched enough of the live videos on YouTube and yeah. seeing how John interacts with the crowd and his excitement for it, I, I fell in love with it.
0: Yeah. And then there's Learn to Love. Learn to Love, mm-hmm. I was shocked that that didn't get performed because that was, a, I remember talking to a lot of different fans when the album first came out, whether it was on the fan club or MySpace.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I'm really dated myself here with MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, with Learn to Love, um, a lot of people really loved that song when it first came out. Now, I don't hear a lot of love for that song now, but back then there was. And I th- I thought John would play it live. Never, Never. They
1: never did it. I so. think if they go on tour again, I think they need to bring it back. Yeah. In a similar vein to the way they did uh, We Don't Run acoustically, where a lot of the um, chorus or like the reframe parts were sang by the backing vocals, just because John's vocals may not be able to sustain those higher notes, I think the backing vocals could do the hallelujah hale part. I think it would be amazing. Yeah. I, I think the way they did their acoustic set on this past tour was really, really good. And I think they have a lot of songs from the past two decades that could lend themselves very well to acoustic arrangements. I have been clamoring for a um this left feels right part two. We oh,
0: it'll never happen though. Never. I know.
1: I just there's so like like you were saying, like you know, the Superman Tonight and we weren't born to follow those acoustic arrangements. The one acoustic like acoustic stripped down version of Runaway that they did on the crush tour. All of those, they would, they would be so good in studio. I know it'll never happen, but I want it to really bad. You know, what, what's so great about acoustic is that it's it's stripped back,
0: not over, you know, when any band is in a record studio, they're using a lot of technology to make things better, to enhance things, and there's a lot of work that goes into it. But when you're doing an acoustic, you're just playing it raw. Exactly. and And there's no over... Tech, you know, you're not over doing things. You're just playing, and that's how it is. It's stripped back. And it makes you really appreciate. I know you play guitar. I play guitar. Mm-hmm. And so when I play some Bon Jovi songs on guitar and just playing the chords or whatever, you, you have an appreciation for how because sometimes when you, you know, for example, playing We Weren't Born to Follow, when it's just me playing, we like you can kind of hear that song, mm-hmm. and it sounds but when you hear the album version, you don't you don't really hear a lot of those sounds because there's yeah. so much technology poured into it. And, you know, so I think with the acoustic, it makes you really appreciate the sound and rawness that goes into it. You know, it kind of takes you back to when the album, when the song is first made. Oh, for we, sure. You know, definitely. So, um, yeah. But um, yeah, you know, this uh, acoustic set that they did on this last tour i'll always say i was so happy that it happened and i hope that i know that they stopped doing it mid-tour i hope that it continue. i hope they continue to do it again in future tours because i loved it mm-hmm. i will say that it was definitely a missed opportunity because them playing the same songs every night you know mm-hmm. american reckoning and um saturday night and what was the other one
1: Drums. I know that We Don't Run
0: a couple times. We Don't Run, that's it. You know, two out of those three songs, a lot of, you know, a lot of the general, obviously you and I knew, know those songs, but a lot of the yeah. general fans don't. But they could have brought back a lot of songs that they weren't performing on that tour, and it was a missed opportunity. You know, they could have done Runaway. They, they could have done um, Learn to Love, Superman Tonight, We Weren't Born to Follow, Acoustic. It kind of changed things up every night. For sure. And, and I'll always say that was a missed opportunity.
1: I completely agree. Yeah. So, Even something like uh, Welcome to Wherever You Are, Stripped Back, would have been great there. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't have to worry about hitting high, you know,
0: because like I said, acoustic it's kind of more raw and you know, you're not having to worry about this big old production of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Just play it and have fun with it. And, you know, kind of like we don't run. We don't run, you know, you listen to the album version on Burning Bridges in This House, you know. There's a lot of higher notes and, you know, fast paced and it's in your face and here there, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. The acoustic version was just nice and, you know, I don't know, makes you appreciate
1: it. It, it. makes you think about the lyrics a lot more. I feel like the album version yeah. is very high energy, very, you know, that's one of my go-to songs when I, you know, run on the treadmill or something. The acoustic version, it, you know, he dedicated it to Ukraine and it's like it really makes the lyrics like mean entirely different things.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah, because now when I listen to that, you know, when I first heard We Don't Run back in 2015 with Burning Bridges, mm-hmm. I was thinking about the record company and stuff and, you know, yeah. the, that was going on with Richie and the record company and the future of the band. That's what I thought of about with We Don't Run, especially when this house came out. But now, like you said, I think about Ukraine, you, you know, because it has a whole different meaning now. And that's the thing you know like like the circle still holds up today if you listen to some of those songs you know i know it's only 13 years later yeah but they still apply to what's going on you
1: know you listen
0: to keep the faith of these days albums that that subject matter still applies today oh yeah definitely
1: you know so one of the best things about bon Jovi they the timeless exactly
0: anything else you wanted to say about the circle
1: um nothing in particular jumps out um A couple of the songs inspired uh, when I first started getting into musical theater in high school, inspired me to uh, draw up a storyboard for a Bon Jovi musical that was not done with just the hits. And I remember the title was going to be Broken Promised Land and Bullet was going to be the first song.
0: What what song Uh, you were breaking up?
1: What was the first song? Oh, Bullet was going to be the first song. But in the way that I was arranging it, it was going to start off with like that choral section that they do after the um, guitar solo. It was going to start off by just singing the refrain, you know, what is the distance between a bullet and a gun? And then it was going to go into the hard rock. Nothing ever came of it and nothing probably ever will. But I had this whole, like I was trying to arrange stuff. I had uh, blood on blood being sung as like a trio of guys. I had like the first song being like the big group of guys. Uh, kind of similar to, like west side story with like a gang type thing um but it was um them singing um i'll sleep when i'm dead i had th- i had this whole thing planned out it was gonna be great oh man that sounds pretty cool though heck yeah but you know who would go to that other than die hard bon jovi fans who know like all of the songs i you if know you know it's people hear bon jovi musical they want to yeah. go hear someone sing you give love a bad name and living on a prayer and wanted dead or alive i don't think any of those songs made my cut <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and for and I, and I'll we'll leave with this. I I always say that it's a sh- it's, here in America, it's all about the hits. Mm. You know, overseas, you know, they, they really do appreciate the deeper stuff. But here in America, like you said, if you were to have a Bon Jovi musical and play songs like Blood on Blood and Blood, you might be able to get away with. But songs yeah. like Bullet, Broken Promise, and people are going to go, "What's this?" Exactly, because they you know. So I, I remember I was talking to someone. Someone yesterday told me. That Bon Jovi is, you know, underrated for their music, and I, I or something along the lines of people only know the hits. And you're right, because I do the same thing. Because I just saw, I just saw the stadium tour with Poison, Joan Jett, Def Leppard, Motley Crue, mm-hmm. and I was expecting the hits. You know, yeah. I can't say I'm a diehard fan of any of those bands, although I really, really, really love Joan Jett and Poison. But when it comes to Bon Jovi, I'd love to go to a show and see nothing but the hits, but yeah, you, you have to remember ninety-five percent of that audience are just going to see "Bad Name," "Prayer," and
1: mm-hmm. "It's My
0: Life" and the songs that they know. They don't know the deep stuff, you know. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so that so the so it's all about the legacy, you know. That that's where the band is at now is celebrating their legacy, and you know they're not. I hate to say it, but I don't think we're ever going to have another super wet happen or another crush happen. Oh,
1: no, God, no. I think I, I, I could, I mean, in today's age, I could see, you know, the uh, the right song maybe going viral on TikTok a little bit. Yeah. But beyond that, it, it, it would be because they're, you know, kind of a legacy act, like you were saying. And it would be like solely because of that, like, oh, look at old man John Bon Jovi singing this song about, you know, the old band and it's like i i could see something like that you know gaining them a couple new followers yeah in the, in the vein that um in 2020, when they did the stripped back It's My Life and that the video um, that Damned TV on YouTube edited got like, you know, 10, 12 million views. And a lot of fans were saying like, wow, it's really sad to see John so old singing this song that we knew um, in such high energy and such a slow version. And it's like, one, they did that in 2003. Shut up. But two, it, 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 at least like, you know, showing that the band is still out there doing stuff. And I, I, could, I could see something along that those lines. Happening if they did another new album and did something along that style. But I don't know. You never know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just, I appreciate, I, I, I love this band to no end. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, I'll support them to till the, till the day I die. You know, oh, And, and uh, but yeah, so, so my whole point of going into that was it's a shame that you have such a cool idea, you know, with a, a musical playing the deeper stuff that the diehards would appreciate. Mm-hmm. but you know it would never go anywhere because the general audience is you know and we'll i'll close with this you know you, you go to a show like is that 95 of that audience they want just the hits you play a deeper song that we both that you and i both want yeah nobody else wants it exactly okay. so all right buddy thank you for coming on stay on while i um uh, completely recorded and we'll say goodbye okay of course thanks for having me man thanks buddy take
1: care